2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. Thank you, First Baptist Church of Salt Lake City, for being a community where all persons are welcome with the love of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that if my whole family came here, every one of them would be welcomed, and I can't say that about every church I go to. Thank you for being that kind of faithful community that shares Christ's love. A couple years ago, a couple years ago, Cheryl and I were on vacation, and uh, we were in this beautiful city called Salt Lake City, and we said, we've got to go to church. I, I said, I can't wait to go to First Baptist Salt Lake City to be with Pastor Curtis and the, you, you all, who have courageously been a voice of grace and love in this community. I just, I thank you for that. I can't thank you enough. And part of our journey, and you know that, is, uh, you know, the scripture that Pastor Curtis read, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And on your journeys, many of you have experienced that as God has expanded grace and love in your life and your care for the whole human family. And I, I'm just so thankful how that journey, when I first learned that verse, I thought, okay, this is about a conversion. Wow, I'm, man, this is, this is great. But then I learned that that conversion needed to happen all along the way, even to this day, that God is working and changing my heart and how I look at the world as God is expanding who, who we are as the people of God. Thank you for being a living reminder that for many, God still needs to do some work. <laughs> yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to meddle anymore. But I, you know, just you know, God's love for the whole world. When we were recently in, in Jerusalem, we were on the Palestinian side of the, the, the wall, and we were in this little shop, and the shopkeeper gave to my beloved wife, Cheryl, a can of paint, and I uh, said, go out, go out, paint on the wall. You can't do that on the, the one side of the wall, but on the Palestinian side, you could decorate the wall. So she went out and just spray painted, for God loves the whole world. And that's what we're about as God's people, sharing that in the world in which God has placed us. And after 30 years of pastoring, God said, I need to reposition you, Greg. You know, I'd gone from the youth position to the solo pastor position to the multi-staff position. And then God decided that I needed some real heart shaping. So I left a church of 300 people and went to... Fifteen people left in this little church in northeast Portland. And what I learned in that journey is that God wants to work in every circumstance of our lives. You can always look back and lament what things are like. It's easy to do. Oh, I remember when. But when we do that too much, we forget about the future that God has for us. And the future that God has for you right here in this place. God is not yet done. And your work here at all, God has a bright future for you as you continue to open your heart. I watched miracle after miracle happen in that little group of 15 people. And I know in this situation, God will do amazing things too as you continue to faithfully serve. Well, from that church of 15 that ended up being a nursing place for four other congregations and two schools, God called me to international ministries. 
And International Ministries, as I mentioned earlier, is a sending agency that has, since, has been sending people out for over 200 years on our behalf as American Baptist. I want to make it really clear, because some of you maybe have read the Poisonwood Bible and other things like that. Where we go and serve is where we are called. And as American Baptists, we go and serve alongside partners where, where we're called to work at. And our job is to work ourselves out of a job, to work alongside people, to learn from them, from the best from them, to bring what we have to offer, and to, to leave when we're asked to leave. In two other places this morning, in Clearfield and Ogden, Katie and Taku Longkumer are speaking this morning. They're just wonderful, wonderful servants that serve way up in Nagaland. And in Nagaland, God has set them up in a place where they are equipping churches up on the border of Bhutan where there cannot be any Christian churches. Now there are a number of churches right along the border that are sharing Christ's love with others. In Nagaland, where they're serving, Muslims are coming and saying, we want to know this, this Jesus, Son of God. And uh, their lives are being touched and changed in, in dramatic ways. I also want you to know, I mean, Katie and Taku are doing, doing great work, but Dennis just mentioned about the One Great Hour sharing offering. Thank you for giving to that. Do you remember last year, about this time, there was a terrible earthquake in Nepal? The monies that you gave to the World Mission Offering went to a very interesting outreach there. So when that earthquake hit, all trekking stopped in Nepal. There's no longer any climbs up the mountain, and there's this whole group of people that support the trekkers, the porters. That uh, Well, some trekking continued, but the porting way up to the top of the mountain stopped because of that. So what happened there? You give money. Our global servants that are there on the ground, Carol Sindor is there on the ground, and then our partners there. Not only do we have 115 global workers, but we have over 4,000 partners around the world that we work with. There's people all over the world. And so Carol and our, uh, the, the Baptists in Nepal decided, let's use those porters to get food to impassable places at this point in time, the roads were shut down, so the porters who were able to carry 100 pounds then would trek up into villages where food was needed and bring it to them. Helicopters couldn't land everywhere in the country. So God used the monies that you gave to enable porters to work because they needed to support their families to bring food to folks who were needy. And you give in faith. We never know how God will use those monies, but we give in faith to, to one great hour sharing, and then God uses those funds in just amazing ways. I'm just so grateful for, how, for your faithfulness and others that helped to make that possible. Another scripture that meant a lot to me is a young person said, I have been crucified with Christ. This is out of Galatians 2.20. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in you. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is truly a privilege to work on behalf of our mission partners around the world. God is at work in amazing ways. Curtis brought up just before uh, worship a, a woman by the name of Ingrid Roldan Roman. 
Ingrid serves in Panama. She's a very quiet, loving, caring woman. After school, about 80 children come and hang out with Ingrid. And those children, many who come from very difficult situations, many who don't have adequate food at home, they receive meals, they hear about Jesus, they receive tutoring in that place. But it's not just Ingrid who works there. Ingrid has several, about eight women that are there every day that work with her. She's equipping them to continue the ministry on beyond uh, Ingrid's work in Panama. And so children's lives are touched. In another part of the world, in Laos, Matt and Lori Mann serve. And it's a communist country, so they're called uh, global servants or development workers. There's different terminology we use because, um, for example, in Laos, missionaries was a term used by the CIA. And as you know, we bombed that country terribly during the Vietnam War. And so the association with the word missionary is not a good thing. So they're development workers. And, and Matt and Lori are working in the slums. Uh, near, near garbage places, near places where uh, there aren't ad- adequate homes. Uh, there are more children trafficked out of Laos. It's just unbelievable how many millions of children are trafficked in this world. Laos is one of those places. So Matt's here in the United States right now, and Lori, we were with them last weekend. One of the things that Matt is doing, he's taking a class on these. Uh, do any of you have one of these? You know, has he ever dropped it and broke a screen? I watched a lady do it on her iPad on the airplane the other day. Oh, her heart was broken. You know, how do you get those things fixed? So Matt's here learning how to repair computers and handheld devices. He's going to go back and work with those young people and equip them with a way how that they can have some economic development, uh, you know, really hand up in their lives so that they won't be stuck in the situation that their parents and, and they have been stuck in for their lives. Our goal with international ministries is to come, by, come beside people, to share Christ's love with them, not necessarily to make them followers of Jesus, but to at least show them Jesus and what, what Jesus has done in our lives and that difference, and then to help them economically, to help with health situations. In uh, South Sudan, which blew up a few years ago, it was such a hope-filled country when that vote was taken, and then things just fell apart because of tribal loyalties. But in South Sudan, Bill and Ann Klemmer stayed when Doctors Without Borders and other groups uh, left because it was a very, very dangerous situation. Bill and Ann just, they couldn't go. And so what did they do? There was thousands and thousands of people around them in refugee camps. There was no way humanly that they could even begin to deal with one refugee camp and the medical needs there. Uh, Bill's a, a doctor, Anne is a teacher. And so Bill and Anne, they worked with the, the folks there in Sudan. They found medical workers. They trained them how to deal with the basic problems that come up in those kind of situations of, of dysentery, of lack of food, lack of nutrition. And they trained them, and they had a whole cadre of people then that worked inside those refugee camps and made a difference uh, for, and sharing, sharing Christ's love in that way. God is at work around the world through international ministries, and you've had a, a rich history of that in, in your past, of supporting minis- of, of missionaries and workers around the world, and for that, we're grateful. I want to share with you one more story about the work around the world. 
When I went to Calvary Baptist Church in Salem, Oregon, Glenn and Rita Chapman were there. They're uh, missionaries to the Congo, and they specifically work at the Congo Pastoral School. And when Glenn came, he said, Pastor Greg, I need some help writing a grant for a sawmill. I need a church to sponsor me. And I thought, of course, Glenn, we'll do that. So we wrote a grant and got a portable wood miser sawmill and got some other folks got that shipped to the Congo. The um, Democratic Republic of the Congo fell apart a few years later. Just the, the amount of inflation, which is incomprehensible to us here, hit. It was a really tough time, but they had that sawmill. So they'd go out and get a log, bring it, cut it up. And at the pastoral school, so men and women would come from around the neighboring villages and they'd come to the pastoral school. And at the pastoral school, they would learn about theology, about reading, literacy, about nutrition. They'd learn farming skills. Ed Noyes, one of our missionaries in the Congo, knows a lot about farming skills, so they learned about those so that sustainable crops could be raised. Several years later, the sawmill kept on going. God allowed Cheryl and me to try to sell our house so we could give some money back to the church we served at. And uh, the weekend it went on the market, was one of the rainiest times in Portland and our neighborhood diverted water from his house to his driveway that sloped toward our house. So I mean, we ended up with black mold in our basement the weekend it was going on the market. Nobody wanted to buy that house. Now, you don't know about black mold probably here in Utah. It's dry. I found out it's pretty dry here, but it's an issue. Uh, so we ended up not selling the house, refinanced it, gave money back to the church, uh, because they so graciously helped us to be able to move into Portland. And our f- God told me one day to get on Craigslist to find a roommate for our house. And we ended up with a guy by the name of Elikia Emani from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Elikia lived with us for nine months. He was studying at the World Forestry Center as a fellow in Portland. And there you learn about sustainable forestry. Elikia lived with us. He went home. We ended up, by the grace of God, having over 50 students from 16 countries in the home entrusted to us. And we uh, took care of their food stuff with the money they gave us and gave the rest of the money to missions and to support God's work around the world. Well, back in the Congo, Glenn was continuing his work. And one day I wrote to him and said, Would you have any need of having a forester come and help you with forestry stuff? He said, yeah, I would love to have a forester come. So again, with the money from all those students around the world, we were able to send Eliki across the Congo, and he spent a month with Glenn and Rita working on forestry stuff. Well, the Kikongo Pastor School continued on, and pastors were coming until about two years ago. They were down to six students from a many, many students in the past. It was a tough year for Glenn and Rita, but they really prayed and asked God, what do you want done here? Well, one thing happened about two years ago. Glenn and Rita met a young couple named Kyle and Katrina Williams, and they're in France now preparing to go to Kikongo to work at the pastoral school. Kyle, when he grew up, he didn't know. He knew he was called to work near the equator, but he kept on being sent to his family's business in Alaska to work on boats and go fishing. He didn't understand what God was doing. He wanted to be near the equator. 
until he was a youth pastor. And one day he met Glenn and Rita Chapman. And Kyle said, I'd love to come and work in the Congo. And Glenn said to him, well, there's one thing we really need is someone who knows how to work on boat motors because that's our primary mode of transportation. So things are shaping up in the Congo. We've got Kyle and Katrina going there. Katrina has expertise in agriculture. Kyle has expertise in peacemaking. That's been one of his disciplines. And there's a lot of problems in the Congo with intertribal rivalry. So things were good, except there's only six students. But God led Glenn and Rita to realize that maybe we need to make our school into a university. And so... Through a process, they got the accreditation people to come. Oh, by the way, their school is conveniently located 12 hours from your nearest grocery store, in case you're wondering you know, how, how, where it's conveniently located at. So it's 70 miles down a dirt road and then several hours down the paved road to, to be able to get to the pastoral school. Not, not too far away from civilization. So they, they worked on this. On getting accreditation, it was a tough year if you've ever read their journals uh, back in 2014 and 15. And this year, I was just with Glenn and Rita in Redlands, California. They were home for their son's wedding. They have 80 students in the pastoral school. That's your mission dollars at work. Yeah, they've been faithfully there. There's 80 students at the pastoral school, and they have Kyle and Katrina coming, who will also be on the faculty. And about three weeks ago, I get this phone call. Greg, I'd like to help out international ministries in some way, maybe the pastoral school. How can I help? I contacted Glenn. He said, the thing I need most is a motorcycle. And immediately I thought, what kind of mischief is he up to? And uh, you'd have to know Glenn, a wonderful servant. Well, they needed a motorcycle so that the, path, the people from the university could come to the end of the paved road and then ride 70 miles with the trained driver on the back of that motorcycle to teach at the university so that their accreditation could remain intact. God is at work in some amazing, amazing ways around the world. And I want to say to you that it's very possible right here in this room our next global servant is sitting or our next volunteer in global mission. We need teachers in Hungary. We need teachers in China. We need people who will go and just go and serve Christ in the world uh, in in many different disciplines and fields. God is at work. Uh, One of the opportunities coming up is a hearing the call conference the first three days of July, right before the World Mission Conference. And if there's someone here who is called, who's just saying, God, you're telling me. I'm not listening very well, but God, you're telling me I want, you know, that I'm called to go and serve someplace. If you want to do that, we will make sure once you get to Wisconsin, all of your costs are taken care of because of some generous donors to help make it possible for you to go. So the Spirit's nudging you, or if you know of a young person or a middle-aged person, you don't have to be 22. If God's calling you, you know, God will, will use you in some, some great ways around the world, and we want to support you in that. We're moving from Portland to uh, Los Angeles area near Redlands University. And in the process, our house uh, has sold in Portland and we're purchasing a home. And I want to also encourage you to think about how can I support God's work in the world? And one of the things as our house is sold is we're giving a praise offering to God, to international ministries, and to support a local church. I want to encourage you to look at your, your finances 
God gives us gifts of finances. You're in a wonderful region, the evergreen region of churches. We're in a great family, the American Baptist Churches USA, the most diverse in the country. Do we have struggles? Yes. I don't know a family that doesn't have them, but God calls us to support our churches and our regions and our, our denominational family and our missions around the world. So if God's leading you in that way and you like to talk about that, I'd be glad to converse with you about that. But I encourage you to continue to support your local church and what God's doing here. We would not be here. I would not be here. Our missionaries would not be out in the field if it wasn't for you all as local churches. So my prayer for you is that God would continue that process of transforming your hearts and and your lives and shaping you into the person that God wants you to be. When we go to have lunch after this, there's some information up on the stage you're welcome to look at. If you have any questions, you'll come and talk with me. But thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for who you are in Christ here in Salt Lake City and the ways that you show Christ's love in our world.